Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, grow you as a disciple, and help you serve His purpose. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Why don't you welcome Maggie and Nico? They're coming up to give their testimony. They're going to tell you about why they give to Vision Builders. And they're leaving the cutest member of their family off stage today. (laughs) But we love you guys. Really, we do. (laughs) Always looking stunning. Pastor Mel. You're welcome. You're going to have to put it up there. Okay, awesome. Thanks, Pastor Mel, and good morning, church. Um, For my husband and I, giving towards Vision Builders is one of the ways through which we commit to supporting the church's vision, an expression of our gratitude to the Lord, whom without fail continues to manifest his faithfulness in our lives every day. Here at C3 Watson, we have seen God's favour at work time and time again. Um, We've seen people come and give their lives to Jesus, a place of refuge where our prayers have been answered in miraculous ways by God's grace, both here and through our life groups. It's without doubt that giving is not always easy, um, an easy thing to do. It can often feel as if we're giving up something that's so significant to our needs and that the energy in doing so um, could perhaps be invested towards other things instead. But the reality for us has been obeying, trusting and having faith in God throughout the process shouldn't be a matter that's up for debate or compromise. God's unconditional love and unmerited grace witnessed in our lives day in and day out is beyond any amount that we could ever give back for his glory. Beautiful. Well, this being said, my wife and I, as members of this amazing family that God has graciously made us a part of, support the vision of building C3 Watson so that generations to come, whether it be here in, in Canberra and beyond, can reap the fruit of the seeds that, we, that have been planted now as they receive the gospel for God's glory. Just as Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 12, that anyone who believes in me will do the same works as he has done, the, the, the same works I've done, and even greater works because he's going to, the, to be with the Father. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful people. We are finishing our Shine Our Light series today. Next week we're starting a new series and it's called Strong. And it's all about lifting weights. Although lifting weights is a good thing to do. No, it's all about resilience, actually. It's, I'm very excited about it. 
Next week is also Pledge Sunday, and uh, it's where we bring our pledges if you haven't already. You know, the payments division builders pay for the mortgage of this place, and I'm very happy to say it's getting lower and lower, which is very exciting, and also any um, improvements that we want to make, and we are hoping to extend our upstairs area because we are running out of room. So we are vision builders. It's together that we accomplish much. We accomplish so much more together than we can on our own. Who agrees with that? We absolutely do. And this, this place that we're all sitting in today is a great example of this. Together, we've already accomplished so much. Today we're talking about legacy. And uh, when you are no longer here on this earth, what will you leave for others to enjoy? How will people remember you when you're no longer here? How will this world be a different place because you've been in it? Because you walked the earth. How will the earth be different because you were here? Have you thought about that? Some people live their lives just from day to day and never think about and consider leaving something behind. But I think if we scratch the surface, beneath the surface of, of everyone's life, we find that all of us want to make a difference, don't we? Yes. We want to make a difference. We want our life to matter for something that is bigger than just us. We want to leave something to say, yeah, I was here on this, on this earth and while I was here, I invested in something that is continuing on even though I'm not here anymore. When I was in high school, we used to like to write, I was here. <laughs> Anyone else used to write that? You scratch it into the desk at school, you know. Shh, don't tell anyone. I don't think I did that, but I know people who did. Legacy is a gift given. Something that we leave to someone else. It can be money, but it doesn't have to be. It can be property. It can be an item. It can be jewellery. Paul is very interested in who gets his guitars. I'm here to tell you. A legacy is anything handed down from the past. I am so thankful that behind me there is a legacy of, um, you know, Christians. And I'm standing on their shoulders while I'm standing here today. I'm so thankful. And maybe you're the first generation. Go you. Fantastic. You are changing things for the future generations that are coming from your line. And it's so exciting. It's so wonderful. In Paul's legacy, guess what there are? There are teachers and pastors. How hilarious is that? <laughs> he was a teacher and now he's a pastor. It's amazing. This morning we're looking at two different characters that we find in the Bible and one understood legacy and the other didn't. Who are you most like? The one who understood legacy? The one who didn't? Who do you live your life like? Which one? 
The first person we're talking about is Abraham, and Abraham understood legacy, and the Bible calls him the father of our faith. Romans 4 calls him our first father in the faith. And I believe his greatest legacy, the greatest thing he left us, was his example to trust and believe God no matter what. No matter what, he trusted and believed God. Let's look at Romans 4. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway. Deciding to live, not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. What a fantastic passage of scripture. He lived on the basis, not of what he saw he couldn't do, because we can live that way, or we can live on what God said he will do. Thank you. The story of this building is a story of what we couldn't do, but what God said he would do and did. The 10-year process to even get here, when we, we got the land, and then we got project managers, and then they went into receivership, and we lost money, and then it was like, okay, well, what do we do? Keep going. I am going to have, I'm going to build this place for my glory. That's, that's what God said to me. Keep going. And so we did. My life is a testimony of relying on God because I know my limitations and I know all the things I can't do. So many. But God kept saying, keep, keep walking, keep trusting, keep stepping, ring that person, give that, say that, believe that. Some of you right now, it's not about what you can't do, but it's about what he said he will do. Yeah. What has he said he will do? What has he said he will do? You can lean into that. Don't lean into what you don't have. Lean into what God has said he will do. Romans 4 continues and says, Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence and say it's hopeless. And that's what we sometimes do. I know I do that. This hundred-year-old body could never father a child. Nor did he survey Sarah's decades of infertility and give up. He didn't tiptoe around God's promise asking cautiously sceptical questions. Hmm, God, really? He plunged into the promise. He came up strong, ready for God, sure that God would make good on what he had said. Sure that God would make good. That's why it is said Abraham was declared fit before God by trusting God to set him right. But it's not just Abraham, it's also us. It's also you and me as we trust God. I think the most important thing that we can leave people is to help them trust and believe God. Who would agree with me? Help them trust to know him to have a relationship with him. That is why we're here in this city. That is why we're here. That is what this church is here for. That's why we have this building, to see people come into a relationship with him, to see people come to know him, but not just come to know him, to become disciples of him, to become followers of him, to not just say, yes, Jesus, I want you to be my saviour, but to take the next step and say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord. That means you call the shots. 
That means you get to say what I do and what I don't do. (sighs) To help people to believe God no matter what the circumstances of their life. This building is for the glory of God in this city. I love meeting and talking to people who've come to know Jesus here. Like, I can live off that. I can just keep living off those beautiful testimonies that I hear. Like last week in the water baptism, before we um, had four people water baptised and they talked about, you know, how God has changed their life, I can live off that. It's beautiful, it's exciting, it's changed lives. And that's why we're here. Abraham showed us how to trust God and believe in him. He also showed us the importance of a, the, the, how important a kingdom perspective is in our life. He showed us that what we do today sows seeds that will be harvested beyond our lifetime. Have you thought of that? What you do today sows seeds that will be harvested when you are not here. Genesis 12. Abraham travelled through the land as far as Shechem. There he set up camp beside the oak of Marah. At that time the area was inhabited by Canaanites. Then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, I will give this land to your descendants. So the Canaanites had the land. And God said, I'm giving it to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared before him. That land over there is for your descendants. Now, maybe you've been asking God for an encounter. Maybe you want answers. Maybe you want a promise for yourself. And the prophet comes. We've got Vicky Simpson, the prophet, coming in July. And you're all excited. You think, oh, I just want to hear from God. And so you get, in, you get to church early and you sit in the front row and you wear red. <laughs> and you're like, pick me. I want to hear. I want an encounter. And in that passage I just read, Abraham finally has his moment with God. And God appears to him. And you can just imagine, it would have been scary. It would have been really scary. But he wants to hear this significant promise. What's going to happen? What are you going to do, God? How is the blessing going to come? And God says, you see that land over there? Yeah. Woo. I'm giving it to your descendants. Yeah, but what am I getting? What am I getting now? What have you got for me now? What about me? Without a kingdom perspective, that moment would be glossed over as unnecessary because that moment wasn't for him. Adults, we should all get to a point where we can say this is not about me and that's okay. Like babies, it's all about them, isn't it? Feed me. Change me. And then children, it's still about them. But hopefully, at some point, as we get to an an adult, 
We start to mature enough to think, it's, actually, it's not about me anymore. You know, if you're under 30 and you're in this room, you're probably thinking, what the heck is she talking about, you know? I mean, I've got so much of my life to live and who cares about legacy and all of that? It's important. It's the attitude that we need to live by, the thought that we do not live for ourselves, we live for a generation we'll never see. Proverbs 13 says, a good man or woman leaves an inheritance to his children's children. That when we're not here, there's an inheritance, not just to my kids, but to their kids. And then their kids. When righteousness has had its true effect on the heart, it affects how we make our decisions. We realise that a decision today has a domino effect and it affects a generation that we will never see. It will affect a generation that we will not be alive to see for ourselves. But we're here doing stuff for people that we won't see and that's good. That's the way it's supposed to be. That's how a kingdom mindset works. And that changes everything. We don't rise and fall emotionally on how well we are doing. It's not about us. It's not about what we're getting. Our view is a lot longer term. I sat in the back of the room at our encounter prayer meeting on Tuesday night and I watched with so much joy in my heart all of these people in our church praying over people and prophesying over them and you know I was just ecstatic I went home and I said to Paul wow babe our church is you know it's in such great hands the future generations it's just going to keep on building and that's why we're here to sow now for the future generations to come when we live with a kingdom mindset we are careful about our decisions we know that These decisions that we make today, they affect our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, children I will not see in my lifetime. I'm making decisions today that will affect them. The relationships I have today, what I do with my money, what we do with our money, what we say, how we live, it's going to have an impact, not only today, but for the future generations. We had so many battles to see this place be built so many because the devil goes after it because it's a statement of God's glory and his presence for future generations inheritance is not only about money there is an inheritance we are leaving this is an inheritance here that we are leaving for future generations who will come in Come into this place and they will praise and worship God when we're not here to praise and worship God because we're in heaven praising and worshipping God. They will come in here and, and people will be healed and people will be changed and people will be transformed and, our ch- and this church will be out in the community, um, reaching the community and shining the light of Christ. Exciting. And we won't even be here. And they won't need to build the building because it's already here, because we, who are here today, have left it as a legacy. And they might come in and say, well, guys, what were you thinking? (laughs) 
I mean those colours, really. We might have to upgrade that, upgrade that and change that. But, I mean, they'll have their own battles to fight. Even if you don't have biological children in this place, you can have spiritual children. Ones that you are developing, ones that you are helping, ones that you are bringing along to know God. And they will have their own children. And it just keeps going. As we partner together in Vision Builders, this is part of what we're leaving them. This is part of your legacy. As you give to Vision Builders, this is part of your legacy that you're leaving behind. People who will stand on, on your shoulders, on my shoulders, that's the way it should be. And they go further and they believe more and they see more. That's exciting, isn't it? So the second person, that's Abram. The second person is a guy called Hezekiah. And Hezekiah was one of the greatest revivalists in all history. If you do a study on him, you can read about his life in Two Kings. He, he saw God move on his behalf so many times, time after time after time, and he changed history. And at one point, he got very sick. And God came through a prophet and said to him, you're going to die. Who's believing for that? For, for God to come and say that to you. Of course you don't. But that's what happened. A prophet came and he said, you're going to die, Hezekiah. And Hezekiah said, hmm, I'm not happy with that word. So he went to God and he said, hmm, I don't want to die. Can you heal me, please? And God said, Okay. And he didn't die. He gave, him, uh, you know, he gave him more years. I can't remember if it was 10 or 20. How many? 15. Oh, well, there you go. In between. <laughs> he gave him 15 more years. And he, he was a godly king who ended his life badly. And what a tragedy to be a godly person who ends badly. That's just, that's such a tragedy. Why? Why did he end badly? Well, at the end of the, his life, he did something wrong, which, you know, we all do things wrong. That wasn't the point. But when the prophet came to him and said, that was wrong, and trouble has come to your house, but because of certain things you did correctly in your lifetime, you will not bear the trouble in your lifetime. It will be your descendants who will bear the trouble. And Hezekiah went, phew, awesome. I'm going to be fine. 2 Kings 20 says this, And Hezekiah said to Isaiah, The word of the Lord which you have spoken is good. For he thought, if it is, is it not so if there will be peace and truth in my days? He's like, well, I don't care about them. I'm going to be fine. That is not a kingdom mindset. He lost his sense of kingship. He was reduced to an earthly king because he didn't understand legacy. He was living as a heavenly king with heavenly values and, and, and heavenly kings are supposed to set parameters for people to be safe in. And they're supposed to establish the climate and the atmosphere for people to be blessed in and for people to prosper. And that's what we're supposed to do here in Canberra. 
As parents, as leaders, as Christians, we establish realms that people can thrive in. People, people who are under the influence of our life are better off because they know us. Is that true? Yeah. Does that happen? Are people better off because they know you and because they know me, because we're praying for them, because we're showing Jesus to them, because we're trying to help them succeed, because we're calling out the good in them? That's what we're here for. That's the nature of kingdom royalty. And Hezekiah started that way, but he lost it in the end because he rejoiced. Because he wouldn't experience trouble in his lifetime. It would be for his descendants. And that is a very sad day. Come up, guys. The kingdom mindset lives for a generation that we will not see. They understand that while they're here, the decisions they make will affect a generation that they can't see. That's why Abraham was called the father of our faith, because God showed up on a very special day and he had a very special encounter with Abraham because God could trust him with a word that he wouldn't see the fulfillment of. But Abraham's heart, it was kingdom orientated. And he realized, no, this is good. This is good. He knew he was alive today to invest in another hour and he didn't walk and say, well, walk away and say, well, what's the point? I'm not going to see that land. No, he stayed. And we're blessed because of his legacy. As we invest, we are also investing in the future and future generations who will, we will never see who will stand on our shoulders in Jesus' name and we will cheer them on from heaven. We'll say, you go, girl. You go, guy. Keep going. There's a great crowd of witnesses in heaven. And I'm going to be up there cheering people on. Can you imagine? It's beautiful. It's kingdom. It's why we're here. And eventually we'll spend eternity with them as well. We are all contributing to one big dream that all the kingdoms of the world become the kingdoms of God. That all the earth would be covered in his glory. Because we are called to live beyond our lifetime. We are called to leave a legacy. We are called to, to make this world a better place while we're here for the people that are following in our footsteps. We're not called to say, oh, well, they can sort out the mess. No. So let's set our hearts to sow seeds for a generation that will reap even where we're not here. So we invite you to partner with us again in Vision Builders. Maybe you have come ready to give today. There's going to be a glass jar up on the stairs here if you would like to give. I would love to pray with you. Pledge Sunday is next week. I'm happy to pray with you after church. Paul's in kids' church today. So it's just me. But maybe, maybe you're sitting in this place today and the first step, I mean, the whole reason we're here is to introduce people to Jesus. And that's the first step. 
And you may be sitting here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus or, or you've walked away from him and you know it's time. You know, God's knocking on your heart and saying, hey, 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 I'm here. I've got my hand on you. So if that's you, I want to invite you to pray a prayer with us. It's a prayer of commitment to Jesus. Opening your heart and asking him to come in. So let's pray together. Please join us if you would like to. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for coming to earth. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for dying for my sin. Forgive me for my sin. I ask you to come into my heart. Change me. Cleanse me. Forgive me. Help me to follow you for the rest of my days. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.